Welcome. You're listening to Value Add with Lars Coburn, bringing conversations and reflections that add value to your life. Today's podcast is the first one of my mini-series. Today I'm going to be using these shorter episodes to share my insights and questions and reflections and the journey Uh, that I've had on different particular themes. Today, though, uh, I just want to introduce you to why I've done this podcast and who I am as a person and as a a learner uh, with you. Obviously, the podcast will primarily consist of me having conversations with people because it's value-add conversations and reflections that add value, Um, not just ideas that Lars has, but obviously there are times where we have conversations with things and with people uh, through mediums that aren't just uh, each other talking. So these may be conversations that aren't recorded or conversations that uh, we don't even know who brought these things into our field of vision to um, to reflect on. It could be through uh, authors. Some of the authors, obviously, I I would love to interview and and maybe will uh, of books that have impacted me. But I I also know that there are going to be authors who have already passed away, who I'm reading and are deeply forming who I am as we are reflecting on what they've written. And so we're in conversation with them through the medium of their books. And so uh, that's going to be some of the upcoming themes. Uh, some One of them might be about books, uh, about reading lists and, and authors that we need to be in touch with, and uh, as well as uh, you know other forms of writing out there. Um, I subscribe to The Economist, uh, a magazine uh, out, of, out of Great Britain. It talks about politics and economics and things in, in the world news. Uh, or the internet. The internet is full of things that we're in conversation and reflection uh, through that's similar to books in in the same kind of content and vein. And so to uh, to be in conversation about those things will be part of some of the mini series that I'll do. The mini series that I want to let you know about um, that's going to be my first one will be on core values on a set of core values, answering the question of uh, what kind of rhythm of life should we be having and living. Some of the the podcasts will feature different values that I I want us to look into. One in particular uh, would be gratitude. In many ways, I see it as the mother virtue, this thing that opens us up to other sorts of spiritual gifts and values um, and ways of being. Humility is one that I've written quite a bit about in uh, my book that's that's currently unpublished. And so I'm exploring that, exploring uh, what humility looks like. I've read Andrew Murray's um, hum- book on humility and really been impacted by that. And so I will spend uh, a time speaking a little bit about that. And, and probably Simplicity will be another uh, short podcast as well. So today I just want to turn uh, to this idea of uh, getting to know me a little bit um, and thinking about uh, the conversations and the questions, really, not just the things, but the questions that have prompted the reflection um, in my own life. You know, life is a series of choices. 
Every day we make simple choices uh, like what to eat and how to respond to others and, you know, what's a priority in our life. And the question you want, uh, the question that we get posed is often, what do you want, you know, and it can be perplexing. You know, you can go ahead and make a list of all things you want and you'll probably start off strong, but then you're really starting to name the same things over and over again. Um, perhaps though, uh, over time we can kind of develop a little bit of this, uh, understanding of what we really want. You know, when we moved back from Manila, Philippines in 1998, when I was seven years old and sometime in that first year of moving back from the Philippines, I began to request my hamburgers without ketchup. It's quite an interesting uniqueness, you know, uh, and if you asked me what I wanted to eat, I would tell you clearly, I want a cheeseburger without ketchup. And if you were lucky, I said please and thank you. But, but there, there was never a failure to remember that the ketchup rule was what I wanted to make sure was instilled in the people who were ordering for me. I was not going to eat that ketchup. And for the life of me, I do not remember why this started. But years later, I began to realize how absurd... Uh, that it seemed because people would set things like barbecue sauce right next to a ketchup bottle and they would say, look at the ingredients of these two things. There's tomatoes, uh, there's uh, tomato sauce, there's sugar, there's all these other things, but they are on paper the exact same thing. Uh, So why don't you like it? And I don't really know if this is true or not, but I began uh, to tell a story of why I didn't like ketchup. And there's probably some truth to the story, but I have no doubt that I began to embellish this story just to justify um, this odd desire that I found myself having. And, and I still find myself using this story, actually, to explain why I don't like ketchup on everything like everyone else. I will eat burgers with ketchup on them, and I probably won't go out of my way to avoid things like meatloaf or things that I used to not like because of uh, the relation to ketchup. But I, I still don't put ketchup on my french fries. And so when I don't, people ask why, I explain to them this story, that the Philippines, uh, they used banana f- as the base for their ketchup. Um, and that caused it to have a much sweeter flavor. It's not, not, not necessarily overtly super sweet, but, but it's just much sweeter than our tomato-based ketchup. And it's still red and all that stuff, but uh, apparently I used to consume a, quite a bit of this, t- this sweeter ketchup. And when we moved back um, f- to Oregon after our, our time being expatriates in Taiwan and the Philippines, which I'll tell you a little bit more about in a minute, um, my pickiness about ketchup um, really, really developed. And it may seem to be really trivial, But it symbolizes the behaviors of people um, that you and I interact with every day. And I discovered that what I wanted was a flavored different than what I was getting. And so I actively chose to avoid anything that didn't satisfy that desire. You know, children are the best models of this. Uh, Right now, all my nephews and nieces are five and under. Um, And 
you know, in the communication development stage. Now, some of them can master language a lot better than others, but, but even the ones that seem to have it mastered at times say things that are so funny. Um, language becomes a tool uh, to develop clearer lines of communicating what they want and what they need. And the adults in the room, um, you know, we spend our time trying to decipher it and most of the time laughing uh, when they try to tell hard to their parents or, you know, another adult like an uncle like me what they want. And sometimes a parent will restate what the perceived desire is um, so that the child learns to pronounce it correctly. And that, that's really good learning behavior. I'm not uh, there yet uh, at knowing exactly how to help a child <laughs> pronounce correctly some things that I have no idea what they're even talking about. Um, but sometimes there's a, also a lesson of self-discipline. And the child is expected to finish, you know, something like, their dinner before they can get their ice cream sandwich. Um, but whatever the case may be, we smile and laugh at the attempts and sometimes the temper tantrums of small children trying to communicate what they want. Usually it's around food or, you know, for my nephew, the case of Uncle Lars has snatched away his toy and is withholding it. So do you have a catch-up story, I wonder, or maybe you have a toddler around you who is learning to express their desires in funny ways. You know, adult life is really no different. We may have the whole of the English language, and for, for some of you, probably several languages at your disposal, but we still struggle to express what we truly want. Communication is not easy. Uh, John Maxwell, a prolific author on leadership, noticed a phenomenon amongst people. He, he captures his thoughts in a book called Everyone Communicates and Few Connect. Um, and, you know, this is really what I think is my nephew's struggle. He shouts out, I want that, and, and points adamantly at the food on the adult's plate from his vantage point in the high chair, but he's ignoring his own portion of food, and he melts down when his parents ask a clarifying question. What is it that you want? You already have food. He's communicating, but he's not connecting. And maybe you have begun um, to have the same experience. Probably you didn't scream and melt down into a temper tantrum. Um, but maybe at the office, you've asked the question, man, I want that raise. Or how about at home with your spouse or significant other? You've been together for months and years and you wonder why he hasn't gotten you those flowers or why she ignores your affectionate advances or doesn't return the back scratches. Haven't I communicated what I want? I want that, you say to your buddies at the basketball court. Um, or maybe you, you just say, like, I don't understand how she, he's so dense. And you tell the marriage counselor or the pastor or your mom because he just doesn't get it. Truth be told, you've communicated, but you haven't really connected. Maybe the question you need to be asking yourself isn't just, uh, what do I want? But have I com communicated what I want? And have I really connected with the people around me? You know, at 10 years old, if you had asked me what I wanted at a burger joint or a fast food restaurant, I would have told you adamantly, I want the cheeseburger without ketchup. And if the restaurant 
messed up my order, oh man, it was game over. But you know what? It really didn't have to do with the ingredients. I was super happy if you got me a hamburger smothered in barbecue sauce. And like I said, they're exactly the same ingredients. The difference may be some flavoring additives, but really, the purpose behind my distaste for ketchup was being known. I thought I was communicating with others uh, that I didn't want ketchup meant that I was connecting with them. Even at a young age, I, I desired to be recognized by people in my life. And how do we know if people actually acknowledge us and recognize us and connect with us? Well, we most often ask them to do something specific for us. I was evaluating my relationships based on communication with people. If they remembered that I didn't like ketchup, game. I knew I was connecting with them. You know, today, I still don't like ketchup on my fries, and my poor wife realized the other day that we don't even have a bottle of ketchup in our fridge, and so when she finally does have some food that she wants ketchup with, (laughs) she doesn't have the opportunity. You know, over the years, I kept my uh, anti-ketchup phase of life, Um, and I didn't realize that I could communicate my distaste for ketchup to everyone in the world but it did little to connect me with them. I thought it was, but it wasn't. You know, I might find a person here or there uh, who would find my habit strange and interesting enough to ask me about it. But today, I, I try and approach connection much differently. In a restaurant, I often ask the server or person I'm out to lunch with what they recommend, and 90% of the time, I order that exactly. If I'm out with a large group, I pour more energy into conversation about food rather than pouring over the menu trying to discover what I want. In fact, my wife and I share meals at almost every opportunity, and it's become a fun way to connect deeper. She knows that if we're having french fries to keep the ketchup on her side of the plate, so that's nice, but the connection is so much deeper than that. She doesn't just avoid ketchup for me. Janelle and I can actually order for each other without hesitation because we've moved on from just communicating our dislikes and likes to really connecting with each other's desires. And so I come back to this question, what do you want? In my life, I want to move past just communicating with people into real deep connection with them. And so my invitation in this podcast, which is called Value Add, um, is for you to have opportunities to add value to your life. Hopefully, uh, I will add value in some way as being the host, providing uh, opportunities and questions for you to reflect on. Uh, But my, my hope is that through this podcast, I can do a better job of not just communicating with people, but really connecting with them. And so that's really the heart behind why I want to go after some of these interviews and why I want to engage in a podcast at all. Uh, I know that obviously it's a little one way uh, through the the devices that we use, through the headphones and those kind of things. But the conversations that and the questions and the journey really is 
um, one of connection. And so uh, that's my invitation to you, that, uh, that you would connect with the stories, with the things that are shared here um, through the podcast, uh, through uh, reaching out to me and, and letting me know who I should interview and, um, and different questions that I should ask and books that I should be reading and things that I should be getting to know. So I wanted to end uh, this first podcast with just a short uh, autobiography about myself. And uh, I'm going to be reading from some notes, uh, as I've already kind of been doing with my uh, previous section on the what do you want. Um, But I I hope that I can capture in kind of a short and brief way uh, a little bit about my story so that as you hear my podcast, uh, you'll you'll know a little bit more. Uh, I'll single out a couple podcasts that will be key for you to know about my story. The Five Star Church podcast, uh, which is an interview with me and my dad. Um, and that, that podcast is really, really important. And then the other podcast uh, that I would single out that would be helpful for you to maybe learn a little bit more about who I am um, would be to listen to uh, the podcast between me and Zach Lubin. Um, and so uh, that one is also helpful because it kind of shares a little bit about my youth ministry time. Um, and, uh, and then I'm sure there'll be more podcasts that, that feature some parts of my story. But here we go. This is the, the, uh, the quick version of the Lars Coburn autobiography. I was born in 1991, so that gives you an idea of uh, how old I am. Um, And then I also want to um, uh, just kind of capture some things. So uh, I was homeschooled. My mom uh, didn't uh, send us away to school. Uh, So in Taiwan is when I started um, kind of kindergarten. And then my brother grew up. And so then when we moved back from the Philippines, we just kind of started – you know, regular school as, as homeschoolers. Um, I, I refrain from using homeschoolers as much as possible. I was homeschooled. I'm not a homeschooler. You can talk to me about that another time, but, um, we grew up in a really tight knit family. Um, my mom's two sisters and then some of my dad's family, uh, really, really close, all lived in Oregon. And so uh, I grew up getting to know my cousins really, really well. And that really was super formative. And family gathering times were really, really precious. Um, And my grandmother was this pivotal person in my life. She had come to visit us in every place that we lived, had spent extended times both in the Philippines and in Vietnam, as well as on trips with us. My dad would get sabbaticals, so we would go. We went to Australia and New Zealand for a five-week motorhome tour uh, with my grandmother when I was very little. And then we also went in 2001, um, we went to... Uh, Norway. Uh, we drove from Denmark through Sweden and, and uh, into Norway, uh, which is my heritage. So my grandfather was full-blooded Norwegian, and that's maybe where you get the, the name Lars. Uh, then when I graduated high school, um, obviously I kind of graduated high school because I was homeschooled. So my senior year was actually building the addition to my grandmother's house. And that was really, really fantastic. Got to do some construction work and work with some great guys um, who who just knew a different kind of life than I was used to. Um, and I joke that I was sheltered, but I, there were aspects of life that I just hadn't been exposed to. And especially working with my hands um, and doing hard work, that was really, really helpful. And, and I've seen the benefits of that. 
So when I graduated high school after doing my senior year project of working construction, I went to Lane Community College. And uh, I got into the uh, business classes as quick as I could and uh, learned a lot about business and was on track to uh, transfer to the University of Oregon to do, do either uh, finance, a finance degree or accounting. And as I uh, dug into that, I, I discovered that I didn't have a way to prove that I had done high school languages in the past, um, even though we had done Vietnamese. Uh, I had taken two years of that. And I opted not to take the test, uh, but explore some other options. Um, and one of those was to go to private uh, private school. And so I, I looked into places like Pepperdine, where I had family uh, go down in California, uh, but also uh, looked at Northwest Christian University, which is was a place that I was becoming more familiar with, as my brother was part of their community choir, and uh, and we were just fell in love with Northwest Christian University, and so um, went. Uh, Decided to transfer in there at the same time my brother was being a, becoming a freshman. And so we both got to enter Northwest Christian University um, in 2012, uh, the fall of 2012. And, uh, and I don't know that I'll be able to tell the whole story right now, uh, but I found uh, a beautiful blonde uh, who was a volleyball player and a mentor of my brother's, um, and we were able to... I hit it off. And uh, so we got engaged our, our senior year in, in the fall of our senior year and got to design and, and kind of pray and seek um, what was next for us. Um, and uh, we both went to Cambodia on a missions trip that's uh, really changed the way that we view life and, um, and also uh, human trafficking and sex slavery in the world. And we both are, are advocates for Agape International Mission, um, and uh, AIM, uh, which does work still with um, rescuing girls and kids clubs and uh, community transformation in Cambodia. Uh, and so the, when we um, moved, I moved to San Diego and she moved to Orange County back to be home uh, with her parents uh, while we planned our wedding. Uh, we got married on March 7th of 2015 and while I was working at the, in San Diego, and I kind of like to describe it that every nine months I do something crazy. So I uh, graduated uh, college and moved to San Diego, and nine months later I got married. Uh, and then nine months later I started my master's degree, and then nine months later uh, we we moved, um, or actually less than nine months after I started my master's degree. But but we then moved to Glendale um, to be closer to Pasadena. And uh, my wife, Janelle, uh, is an sc- uh, elementary school teacher. Uh, she worked in San Diego for a year as a first grade uh, teacher and now is an ETK teacher in Pasadena. And then also um, she coaches volleyball. And so actually last year we got to both uh, coach volleyball together. I was the, her assistant coach, and it was a tremendous experience. And now she's coaching club volleyball while the season is out. Um, and she does that at... Uh, Blair High School in Pasadena. So uh, I just see our life as being uh, tremendously blessed by God, and I'm really excited to share some of my learnings and reflections with you, and hope that uh, this podcast giving you a little backdoor into my life and who I am um, helps you understand where I'm coming from and how you can uh, engage in connection with me uh, throughout this, this time. Uh, So God bless you as you uh, listen uh, to uh, your uh, 
your God and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, who is speaking to you through the people in your lives. And so uh, I just want to pray this blessing over you. May the words um, spoken on this podcast uh, bring you closer to know the love of God the Father. As you seek truth, may you be guarded from unhealthy and unholy thinking. May absolute joy fill your life because of the hope found in Jesus, your friend and Savior. As you pursue justice, may you not waver, clearly rooted in the power of the resurrection. May light be your guide as the Holy Spirit fills you and you bear much fruit. As you live, may you not be discouraged, but strengthened by the Holy Spirit's power. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God the Father, and the friendship of our guide, the Holy Spirit, be with you always. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Value Add. For more great conversations and insights, visit valueaddconversations.com.